0: Chapter 8 Choir York Minster 2019. There are secrets we keep in our back pockets. Yes, small talismans and little treasures. Things we don't tell anyone, things we never dare to say. They're too obvious, too much. As if we might be rolling over in the dirt and exposing our soft undersides. To give these secrets up is to give a knife over and mark the spot, to say, go on then, cut me here. Aziraphale is in a church. He walks in slowly, carefully, this bit of one foot in front of the other, the heels of his leather brogues clicking on the stone floor. His eyes rise up along the pews, along the walls. The columns of white stone and the flying buttresses to the arched vault of the ceiling. His hat in his wide hands, his thumbs worrying the brim. Why is he here? Keep going. Down the nave, yes. The procession along, at once familiar and strange. It is his first time entering one since the apocalypse. He is hesitant and slow-moving, aware of the unburned soles of his feet. Light comes through the stained glass of the medieval windows, painting his face in interruptions of blue and red. A hint of garden green. He presses on, further still, past statues and screens, past the carved Norman face of William the Conqueror, past saints and unknown angels past pamphlets and displays, up and up and up until he is standing in the very choir of the minster. The tiles laid out white and black beneath his feet, the smell of church dust in the air. He does not think of heaven. Bells chime. Aziraphale looks up not at the hanging cross, but at the organ, dark and ornate. It looms over the choir with the promise of song. He fiddles with his sleeve, ducks his chin, and turns around. The bells chime on. See how the sunlight comes through the great west window. Watch how Aziraphale is stilled and quiet, listening to the sound of the bells marking out the time. Yes, he is soundless. He does not sing, he does not speak. His hat in his hands, a ghost of another life prickling the back of his neck. Hello there. Can you hear me? I suppose it's a bit of an odd question, that. You could certainly hear me if you choose. It's just that, well, we haven't spoken much since that whole flaming sword thing. I did lose it, you know. Gave it away. Well, of course you know all that already. but foolish, isn't it, telling you what you already know? The bells ring, and he studies the window with white pond-coloured eyes. His hair catches the gold, catches the light bouncing off the white stone. He had expected it to ache, had expected his heart to feel soaked and heavy as he looks upon the church, like walking through an empty house for the last time, never to see it again. Never to call it home again. No, there is nothing heavy. His shoulders bear up. See all this light? Through the windows, through the glass? There's more out there, past the doors. You can have it all. Was this your doing? Was this your plan? You haven't spoken to anyone in millennia. Are you still watching? Is this as far as you thought? Is this ours now? This earth to inherit? Should I say thank you? He closes his eyes. Let me give thanks. Yes, let me. Here he is, giving thanks for red hair, giving thanks for eyes as yellow as myrrh, for narrow fingers and cliffside jaws, for hearts beating wildly and gilded cages left open. Azirafel grips the head tightly, six thousand years stuck between his teeth. He has loved from behind bars for so long. He has laughed from the other side of a window. He has laughed from the choir, too. From behind the organ, peeking out between the pipes. He has laughed hopelessly the choir boy and the pariah. He has laughed always by looking down the nave, peeking out the door of the church, wondering about the sunlight. I love him. Surely you know that, too. At this point, I'm afraid the only person who doesn't know is him. Or does he know? Can he tell? Perhaps I am too obvious. I should tell him, shouldn't I? I hope it won't seem strange. Or scare the poor boy off. I should tell him. I should. I shall. Raphael breathes in very deeply. His shoulders rise, something strange and warm in his chest. He nods once to the window, nods once to the empty choir and the organ, too. His shoes click as he moves back down the nave, dropping miracles in every praying hand and bowed head along the way. He is not done, no, there are miracles for those on the outside, too. For those in the street, moving through the world, never looking at the church. For those in other temples and other houses. Aziraphale blesses them all. He is steady as he goes, walking directly to the door. He leaves the choir. He leaves the church. The ground even beneath his feet. He doesn't trip, doesn't fall. The air outside is crisp and cold. Small snowflakes dust the ground, melting quickly on the pavement. They sit on noses and decorate eyelashes. A shadow slithers up behind him, unnoticed for a moment. Hey, angel, the shadow says, humor in his voice. God, hear something? Oh, my dear, you shouldn't... Yeah, 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 whatever. Here, take this. Crowley says, pushing a tin into Aziraphale's hands. It's red and white, wrapped with a ribbon. He opens it to find the smell of chocolate and mint, slaps of candy artfully shattered in the tin and set within striped tissue paper. Oh, this is lovely, Aziraphale murmurs. He tries a piece of the peppermint bark. It melts easily on his tongue, a memory of mint left behind. Thank you. Don't say I've never given you anything. Raphael looks up, smiling. You've given me everything. Remember the sunlight? It glints off of Crowley's dark glasses. It shines on his pale skin, the damp of his lower lip. His hair is lit up, as red as a prayer book. The sun catches in the black wool of his winter coat, settling warm there. Aziraphale moves slowly, watching Crowley, but certain of his welcome. He takes the spindle of the demon's arm, right there at the elbow. Is that a flush there on Crowley's ears? You'd blame the cold, wouldn't you? I know better, you ridiculous snake. I've known you forever. Shut up. Crowley drawls, something of warmth and embarrassment in his voice. Anyway, enough of that. Dinner? Splendid! What are you thinking? So there's a French place up the road. Crowley pauses, looking over. His dark brow arches over the black lenses a smile curling on his rapscallion mouth. Here they've got oysters. Aziraphale squeezes his arm, something of red in his own ears now. Lead on, please. Not all carols need a choir. Some are meant for two.